Hey everybody, I'm Heath Haynes. I'm one of the elders here at the Bridge Montrose and I'm just grateful once again for the chance to uh, be with you in this time of teaching and learning together um, and just praying that uh, the heart of God would inform and change our hearts and that we would see um, His glory as well as His goodness and presence um, be in us, through us, and around us. Uh, let me go ahead and pray for us and we'll We'll step into our time today. God, we just want to come before you now, Lord, each of us as we are listening to this where we are, God, whether it's uh, early in the morning, or afternoon, late at night, whether it's by ourselves or with others. God, I pray right now that you would just still our hearts and our minds, God. I pray as we are, Lord, whether uh, we are sojourners, uh, seekers, skeptics, or um, followers of Jesus, Lord, that right in this moment, we would hear, feel, know your invitation, Lord, to be in your midst, Lord, to fellowship with you through your word, Lord, to hear your heart for creation, Lord, to know your heart for us, to know that you have put your heart in us, Lord, to see others as you do, um, and Lord, we just pray for your work to be done. We pray for a, a powerful work of the Holy Spirit to work through this time to transform our hearts and our lives, Lord, resulting in, Lord, again, a, a church that is unified in the gospel of Jesus, a church that is purposeful for your glory in your name, and Lord, just uh, for the work of grace and mercy through this time. So Lord, we surrender all. Uh, use me, work in spite of me, whatever you must do, Lord, I surrender in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, we finished up Philippians last week, and um, and I had a sermon planned for this week, and almost immediately after recording Philippians last week, I, I just, that that sermon that was supposed to be taught this week just, just didn't quite settle, didn't quite fit. And in all week, I've just been uh, praying and, and leaning into the Lord and kind of waiting, uh, just waiting, you know, waiting for like, what is it, Lord? What am I supposed to teach this week? What is it that we need? And was was praying and um, listening and, you know, and the Lord works, uh, you know, as he does uh, through the Holy Spirit, through through other people. And, um, you know, in, in, in the midst of all this, of course, we hear the, the tragic news of the, of the killing of George Floyd and um, just as many of you have been started wrestling with that feeling uh, at a loss feeling intimidated by by needing to have something to say by representing well um, and and just as I continued in this posture of waiting um, it didn't immediately feel this press but just kept kind of getting that same sense of just wait and um, and as I'm, you know, going throughout days, I'm reading news, and of course there's there's articles about uh, about what happened. I'm seeing your postings. Many of you have have shared your hearts and perspectives, and seeing how you're wrestling. And um, in a conversation with my wife, Amber, last night, um, just talking about um, just the brokenness of our world, the the systemic division and distrust and hatred that uh, gets gets written off as just something that is normal and um and and thank god for my wife for amber she just in the way that she does with great truth and great strength just spoke out her convictions and, and in that conversation just the lord 
stirred my heart that this was it. Um, this is what we need to talk about. And today, this is l- less of a sermon, less of a teaching, more of um, just a, more of an invitation as well as a charge to you and to me of, of what the need is in our world, what our opportunity and responsibility are right now. And, and, and again, in my own mind and in the conversations I've had and even in reading, again, much of what you have shared, you know, for all of us, there's, there's confusion, um, there's anguish and pain, there's fear, <clears throat> there is a sense of futility. Um, of just how this is sadly normal. And, um, I mean, you know, we just, I mean, it's striking to me. It's, it's even find the words to describe, uh, to, to say, well, we just went through this with Ahmed Arbery. Like the fact that we just, like the the statement that comes to mind of, We just went through it as if it's done. It it speaks to the difficulty, speaks to the problem, speaks to the, the, again, the problem or confusion of our own hearts and minds. And, and as I stepped into talking about this today it uh, there was a sense of um, intimidation um, a lack of worthiness uh, a, a sadness for my own state that I, I my, my compelling toward this was more external than internal um, it certainly was a, a work of the Holy Spirit um, but it was largely it, it took the voice of my of Amber it took the voice of others and even sitting down this morning to record this I had I had fear in hitting record because I it's, uh, it just I don't knowing that I feel that I don't feel it enough um, and then it, I recall back to just a year and a half ago standing before our congregation in a very similar moment in a very similar sentiment and just lamenting this, the, the, the sad regularity and reality of this happening in our culture, lamenting that, that again, what has changed in my life, what has changed in my presence, what is you know, there was a great focus. So anyway, I say all that to say, I just, um, it, in, in all of this, um, man, I, I, I pray that our first response is to lament, um, to lament, uh, 
you know, as I as I've already said, like I'm not coming before you as if I have any answers. I don't outside of of God's truth and goodness and grace and his hope for his his desire for his creation. Um but but I hope that in, in this we can start with just allowing ourselves to lament because we must because God laments. God laments and he he knows all things. He sees all things at all times. He knows he he's, has all power and all good and he is working all things good and he will but he yet he laments. Just like Jesus wept at the tomb of his friend Lazarus whom he knew he was about to resurrect. He lamented because of the evidence of a broken and fallen world. And so every time our reality in our world and we evidence the reality of God's beloved being broken, God laments. And so I just want to start by... Uh, inviting all of us, liberating us to lament. Join in with the heart of God, not with hopelessness, but understanding God's intent and love for his people. And so uh, please lean in to the heart of God in that. Um, but join me now just for the next few minutes in thinking as we lament, where do we go from here? What is our opportunity? Because God in his lament is never inactive. He's never bewildered. And we are his people, born in his image, restored in power of the Holy Spirit and salvation in Jesus. And just as God does and as he has done through Jesus what is our opportunity? Um, and so I pray that out of our t- time from this teaching that leads into our time together and, and whatever else it leads to, um, that it would push us into sharing this, this process, this journey, this need, this discovery, this fight together, um, and that we would find ourselves um, living out the love and grace of Jesus in this world. So as I was praying through this, I mean, the verse that immediately just rooted into my heart and and just brought life uh, in the moment was Micah 6, 7, and 8. So we're going to look at that just for a few minutes. Um, Micah 6, 7, and 8. Um speaks of this it says will the lord be pleased with thousands of rams with ten thousands of rivers of oil shall i give my firstborn for my transgression the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul and and so again what's being put here is like what is going to please god is it all these all these grand acts is it is it is it this this huge offering is it this grand act? Is it the acts of, 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 of the things that we do out of, out of, again, sincere piety even? He's laying it out there, just like this grand picture. And then it continues, and he says, We ask these questions 
basically. But he says, he's told you already. He's told you already. He has told you, oh man. He's told you, everyone. He's told you what is good. This is what God wants. He doesn't want your ritual sacrifice, your your lavish offerings. What he wants, he says, what is, what is good and what does the Lord require of you is this, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. To do justice to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And I uh, just want to encourage you, if you want to know more about Micah, you can go back uh, into a series we did back in the fall, uh, working through all the minor prophets. And we did a, a teaching on, on just what's happening in Micah. You know, you can go back and find it. look for the minor prophets, Micah, um, to see what's happening, what's making him say this. But we see what God desires, what he promises, what He's what he requires, and what he's pleased with is to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with our God. So I just want to unpack those really quickly. Um, to do justice here, you know, when we think about justice, um, I think in our minds, we often think about it kind of in, in our worldly terms, where justice is to punish wrong. Um and that's where we go, and, and, and that doesn't seem exactly helpful. And, and, and so we want to think about justice in the terms of, of how God works justice and what, what, what's the biblical picture and definition of justice. And when we say biblical, we're not just talking about a book with words on a page. We are talking about the very reality and communication of who God is and how he is and what he has created things to be, what he's desired things to be, what he's restoring things to be, and how he works to do that. So biblical justice is this. It is not to just punish wrong. It is to make right. It is to set the system right. And we have to remember God's work of creation. Again, before the fall, before brokenness, before the shattering of relationship and humanity. God's intention was, God's work was shalom. God's work was 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 unity god's work was whole and it was there was a union there and um so in, in biblical justice the what god is doing is bringing restoration restoring the system that was meant to be he is bringing flourishing again his system is meant to bring flourishing in all of creation including humanity it is to restore shalom Again, God's sense of justice certainly does punish the guilty and acquit the innocent. That is the only way things can be just. But again, what we see in God's work of justice is that he didn't put that weight on our shoulders, but he took it on his by sending Jesus, the very one who demanded justice, satisfied justice in his son. So that's... To say do justice, it is to live in such a way that brings about this reality. That And so when we think about this, if, if, as we hear these tra- of these tragedies, the killing of, of, of George Floyd and, and others, if, if our response is somehow to explain it away, um, we need to connect with God's heart for justice. 
for the very heart of God that dealt with you and me the way that he has. He took on our need. He entered in. He advocated. He did justice. He restored. And, you know, it is, again, this is, it is heartbreaking to hear those from from the African American community to say that they feel alone, to say that they are experienced, they are alone in this, and that it is the black man's burden. And to do justice is to say, no, it is humanity's burden. And why do we say that? Because again, why were we created in the image of God, out of love for His holy purpose of goodness? and flourishing on all of creation to spread his image. And so we cannot say it is the black man's burden. It is humanity's burden because it is the gospel's burden. And again, that I pray that that stirs us up. This is why Jesus came. He came to fix our broken lives, to fix our broken systems that that creates inequality and elevates power dynamics. Again, he came to save. But it's not just about me being saved. It's about things being restored. Ultimately, what we know is that the system being fixed is only going to ultimately happen in the redeeming work of Jesus and will only find its completion on the last day when God's kingdom is fully restored. But in Christ, for those that are in Christ, for those who stand under the banner of Jesus and are washed by the blood, We're made citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We we live joyfully and, and safely under the rule and reign of a good and glorious sovereign king. And we are not just people who experience the benefit of living comfortably in that kingdom, but we are agents of the kingdom. We are called and created and restored in Christ to to pursue the realities of this kingdom where we see the glorious picture of his creation lived out in the daily. So therefore, we must do justice. We must work to set the system right. If we are not, then we cannot say we live as citizens of the kingdom of God. And when we say we don't live as citizens of the kingdom of God, we deny the work of grace that Jesus has done. So do justice. It is active. It is not passive. It is certainly words, but it goes beyond words. So then it says to love kindness. And kindness here is this, you know, when we look at Hebrew, it's always so rich. The, the, the words on our page in English, just they're so flattened out. And, and there's, in the Hebrew, it's so multidimensional. So this word kindness, Hebrew connotes loyalty, 
joint obligation, faithfulness, goodness, graciousness, and godly action. In that word, kindness, loyalty, joint obligation, faithfulness, goodness, graciousness, and godly action. And you think about the God of history, of all time. This is what God has always done. He has always exhibited this kind of kindness where he has, and, and the, again, this is we can't separate this from the doing justice. And what we see is that this is what God has always been and what he's always done. He has always given voice to the oppressed. He has always protected the widow and the orphan. We've seen that he is the same God today as he was then. But then we also see that this was brought to our reality with the work of Jesus. It was made personal in the work of Christ as he took on flesh, as he entered into our need, as he, he took on a joint obligation in our world, as he took godly action, as he showed grace, faithfulness. And if this has barely been a blip on our radar, because of maybe desensitization, desensitization, or maybe because we're insulated from it. We live in a removed community, and and we're not, you know, and and as as uh, cultures do, they they kind of separate, and so maybe maybe from desensitization, or maybe um, from being insulated, or or even possibly a hardened heart. We need to understand the heart of God and the way his loving kindness never rests while brokenness exists. He is constantly working in his love and kindness. For love to be loved, for love to be love, it must be expressed in action. Love is action. It is others focused. It is self-giving. We see it from before creation in the Trinity as God exists in himself, where there is a others focused love between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We see that and we were create and that we were as we were created in his image and first man and first woman, there was a need for other for an other of likeness to be present. And that's why when first woman was created, the first man, Adam, said, At last, what I've been looking for. In order to identify and experience full union with God, we must have an others-focused love that leads to an action and a self-giving reality. So for love to be love, it must be expressed through action. To love kindness is to love God. And is to love as God loves, which means to move heaven and earth to protect what you love. That is what God has done. He pierced he pierced the, the, the space between eternity and, and earth, between heaven and earth, by coming in, incarnating, taking on flesh as his son, sending his son, in order to restore and redeem at grace cost to himself. In loving what God loves, we love all people with a heart for renewal through sacrifice and diligence. So we do justice we love kindness. Both require action. Both require sacrifice. Both require humility. 
and courage. And then it says, walk humbly with your God. It says, with your God, our holy, transcendent, glorious beyond compare and imagination God. God has saved you. He is, if, if you have called on Christ, you are saved to an abiding which is constant, ever-present, to an abiding reality of relationship and union with Him. Walk humbly with your God. So it's personal, but again, He's glorious. So be humbled by His glory. Be humbled by His selfless love. Be humbled by His grace and mercy upon you. Be humbled by your wretchedness next to his holiness. Be humbled by his satisfying justice through his son instead of on your shoulders. So walk humbly with your God. To walk with God is not to mimic God. It is to love God. To love God is also to love what he loves and to love how he loves as best as we are able and equipped and empowered by the Holy Spirit. God's love is not selective or biased. No longer are any one people set apart as the people of blessing. Jesus ushered in the reality of all people being God's people in his grace and mercy. If anyone of any color or creed seems to you less worthy of God's love, again, we have missed the heart and reality of God. And I don't say this to guilt us, I say it to stir us up, to have us to take a look, sober look in the mirror and hear the invitation and heart of God. So every day, every day revel in the reality of the fact that God is with you. I mean, do you revel in that every day? God is with you and all that comes with that. What comes with the reality of God being with you? Humility, courage, gratitude, patience, it goes on. Every bit of what is good in our life and what could be good in our life comes from the reality that God is with us. Every day, surrender your life because he is with you. He is with you because of a price that was paid. God will never leave us or forsake us, but our union and peace with him was bought with the blood of Jesus. So surrender your life daily because he's with you. You are claimed, you are safe. You are secure. You are redeemed. You belong. 
our wayward hearts will fight against this reality. So daily surrender because he is with you. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God. Let us lament well together and let us respond as the Lord works in us to be agents of grace in his presence. Will you ask God to break your heart as his breaks? Will you pray that God gives you eyes to see and ears to hear? Will you pray that God stirs up his heart for all humanity in you? Will you pray for God to humble our hearts and help you and us to remember that we needed rescuing, that you needed rescuing and need an advocate in Christ, and that this would bring a groundswell of compassion for others as you remember what Christ has done for you? Will you step into the difficulty of this journey with others? Will you invite others in? Will you pursue others? Our prayer is that in our house churches and around our living rooms and our mill tables, that it would be the norm. That it would be the norm that we would lead each other to what is pleasing to God by inviting each other into the challenges we face in being God's instruments of reconciliation and helping each other do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. Would you find a way with those in your house church to do the spiritual work needed to renew our world through prayer and fasting? Would y'all figure out what is, would y'all lean in and say what is right for you to share in that journey? It doesn't stop there though, of course. The work of Jesus in our midst must, must lead to the work of Jesus through us in the world around us. And I know it's hard. I know it feels futile. I know that there's this voice saying, well, it's, it's important to me now, but you know, it's going to slip off the radar again, or well, I'm not going to be able to make a change. And I just want to encourage all of us, let's all step into, into every day with tender hearts, with tough skin, in the expectation of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, pursuing to be agents, agents of the gospel, people of God's presence. Wherever we go, that the presence of God would come because we are abiding in him and he in us. And we are, we are filled and covered and taken up by the Holy Spirit, not shrinking back, not explaining away, not allowing our hearts to grow dull or accept futility, but like Jesus, enter in to the need. Be a part of the solution through love, strength, humility, long suffering, and grace. You don't have to know how it's going to turn out. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to even really know the perfect way. It will be messy. But let us help each other. Let us spur each other on. Let us be gracious even to one another as we will all respond and feel differently in this moment. 
and let us help each other see God's transforming human flourishing work of grace through Jesus for now and eternity. Let me close in prayer. Lord, uh, we love you, God, and I just thank you for your love for us. Lord, that love that is for all. Lord, work in our hearts. God, I know for me, uh, I live uh, so insulated from these hardships. Um, and I know that's the story for many of us. And I know that there are many in our midst that don't live insulated. And they are living this and feeling this. And they feel alone. And they are alone. Lord, I pray, Lord, for your glory, for the sake of your name, for the for the good of these, for all of creation, but specifically for these that are living in this fear and in this difficulty and oppression. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, for the church to be the church, for the church to be the people of Jesus, that not just talk about him, not just sing his name, but, Lord, are changed by him, are claimed by his grace. And, Lord, are, are co-laborers in his work. So, Lord, we surrender. Lord, help us to do justice. Help us to love kindness. Help us to, 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 to love the chance to humbly walk with you. Lord, seeing your work, your goodness, your love, your grace, your glory, Lord, in this world, or through the work of transformation, and redemption, restoration, reconciliation. Lord, we surrender all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for the time. Um, we are better together for the glory of God. We're praying for you. Hope to see you soon. Bye.